What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Baseball Insiders. Happy 420. Kind of funny that Madison Bumgarner got DFA'd today after 69 starts. I'm Adam Weinerb alongside fanside of MLB insider Robert Murray. We're here to break down the latest in Bumgarner news, plus a couple injuries rocking the AL East, and uh, one more extension. Who knew there'd be another pitching extension between Monday's and Thursday's show? And one of baseball's brightest stars also returns tonight. And if you want to hear us talk about that and more, there's no place like the Baseball Insiders feed. If you're here on YouTube, we thank you. Come join us every Monday and Thursday at 3.30 Eastern. If you prefer the audio feed, we got that too. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, truly wherever you get your podcasts. Anywhere you want to leave a five-star review for us, we'd welcome that. And I'm joined, as always, by Robert Murray himself. Robert, uh, how are you processing the Bumgarner news? Are, are you holding up all right? Yeah, I was in tears earlier. Um, no, it was, it was a tough day. But no, in all seriousness, like that was one that I thought may be happening. Um, I actually found out through my dad. Um, I was... <laughs> In, uh, I was getting a good workout in this morning, and then all of a sudden, um, I my AirPods went off, and it's a new text from Dad, Madison Bumgarner, with the crying emoji, and I'm like, "What that's about?" And lo and behold, he was DFA'd. Um, that is that was a disaster of a signing for the Diamondbacks. Uh, that never really worked out, but we'll get into that later. But other other than that, Adam, I am wonderful. Um, wonderful day, and uh, happy 420 to you, by the way. Hey, happy 420 to everybody. The comments, I hope y'all are enjoying. Um, we might as well talk about Mad Bum first, I think, because uh, this is sort of the late-breaking addition uh, to the docket. He was terrible yesterday. His ERA is now over 10. Uh, a couple of people lightheartedly speculating about a DFA after that bad start in St. Louis. He decided to pick one more fight with Wilson Contreras before he left. Unsurprising if you know how he acts. It now goes into history as 34 plus million dollars eaten by the Diamondbacks to get him off the roster, according to Jeff Passan. Just under two years left of contract, 5.23 ERA in his Diamondbacks career in three plus years. Quite bad. The under the hood stuff and the stat gas numbers, just as bad. The only surprising thing about Madison Bumgarner is that he is under 34 years old. He is still 33. That is downright shocking. Um, but you admitted as much that you were not completely surprised by this DFA. I don't think anybody who's watched him is stunned by it, but are there any destinations where he could theoretically wind up where he'd help somebody? He's now available for the league minimum. Yeah. And like, I mean, he'll be, he was designated for assignment. Nobody's going to claim him at that price. Then he'll be released and be free to go. Um, and obviously burner, you did not miss any race talk. We just started. So you're good there. Um, (laughs) but, uh, like it wasn't surprising that he was designated for assignment, but it was a surprise. I guess it was, it was, it was this early, but I guess the start against the Cardinals uh, was the last straw and all they needed to see. Um, that signing has basically been a disaster since it happened. He's had a pretty high ERA um, in each year in Arizona when he was signed to be a frontline starter. So he never lived up to that contract. Um, 
But as far as a free agent, I wondered if um, like Hunter Armour, uh, who's also works with us at Fanside, asked me earlier today if the Giants could be a potential destination. And I'm going to guess probably not um, just because ownership there, they, they are pretty attached to their um, homegrown stars. And obviously Baumgart had a very like storied tenure with the Giants, um, but they – um, they let Farhan Zaidi make the decisions there. And I can't see Farhan Zaidi being eager to add Baumgartner, who's clearly past his prime, um, maybe as a, like a left-handed reliever out of the bullpen. Um, but, uh, um, I mean, other teams that maybe make sense, the Rangers who obviously have Bruce, Bruce Bochy that managed Baumgartner with San Francisco, that could be a potential one. I mean, it's, there's not many teams that make sense for Baumgartner, but, um, he'll get a job somewhere, but just the, the destinations as of right now, not exactly standing out. The Rangers, I thought about be- because of Bochi, obviously, because of the fact that they lost Jaco to Rizzi, but that team is clicking on all cylinders. I mean, you're introducing a pretty big variable if all of a sudden you add Madison Bumgarner. You mentioned that he could maybe be a candidate uh, to me to pitch out of the bullpen for somebody as he's trying to rehab his value. Do you think the next step is somebody grabs him for the league minimum, they throw him in low leverage for a little bit, try to find something, and then maybe he's a swing man? I, I mean, that's crazy to think he's just 33, but that probably is the best hope at this point. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking as well, is that it's that's the, his best hope. And Bumgarner being only 33, when I read that earlier today, I was shocked but you also got to remember he debuted when he was like 20 or 21 when the Giants were going through those postseason runs so he's basically been pitching almost half of my lifetime which is kind of crazy to think about um and he's had one hell of a career and he's going to be one I'm sure it's probably already started the Hall of Fame debate with him I'm gonna guess probably not but like his Giants tenure what he accomplished there is certainly worth it but um as far as what he can provide a major league team now it's pretty limited. I think his days as a starter, unless there's like a spot injury um, or a spot start because of an injury, I think his starting days are over. The Hall of Fame debate is crazy because nobody was like him in the postseason. He is the best postseason pitcher. And since he hasn't gotten back for so long, might retire as the best postseason pitcher in Major League history. But guys with better regular season resumes and comparable postseason stats like Josh Beckett and John Lackey, uh, they did not sniff the Hall of Fame. So I think Bumgarner does better than those two guys because the postseason work is, even from great postseason pitchers, he's still superior. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he gets a shot. No, I don't think so either. But hey, it'll be it'll be a fun debate when, uh, when that day eventually comes. Thankfully, it's not today. Um, but oh well. We will see Mad Bum somewhere else by the end of the year. Just might take a little while and he might look a little different. Um, Might be coming to the AL East. Probably not. uh, But the American League East has been ravaged by pitching injuries in recent days. Uh, The Rays suffered the most severe blow. They already have Zach Eflin on the shelf. He's been suffering from a back issue for a while. He's on the IL. And now we learn Jeffrey Springs will, in fact, undergo Tommy John surgery. Seemed like he might be able to avoid it. Seemed like sort of a complex diagnosis. Might be a couple months on the shelf. But now we're going to lose him for quite a while. Um, Will this finally slow down the Rays' pace a little bit? 
I'm inclined to say that it's going to take even more than that. It's going to take some offensive injuries to do it, especially since we've already seen Taj Bradley come in and look great. Um, but uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts here, because I think all of America is sort of looking for the, hey, this surely will be the thing to finally derail the Rays. And uh, so far, they're just responding to rare losses by bludgeoning their opponents some more and are 16-3. and three. It's been unbelievable, that start for them. And the pitching injuries certainly do hurt. Like the Zach Eflin injury right off the bat certainly wasn't ideal because that was their high-priced free agent. They spend more money than I thought was they were going to to get him. Um, so getting him back, they're expected to get him back potentially this weekend, uh, which comes at a perfect time with this Jeffrey Springs injury. So that Springs injury is really unfortunate. Like that was somebody that the Rays identified as a player who could really break out. And that was one of their best under the radar deals. Um, boy, in recent memory, because he was basically acquired for peanuts and he became a useful starter. They extended him in the off season. And now he's gone for the year after a really strong start. Like thankfully for the Rays, they have pitching depth. They have the ability to churn up pitchers more or better than any organization in baseball. Um, but not having springs is really going to hurt. And it also further, um, it further bolsters the case for these pitchers to take early deals. Um, I know I was critical of the Pablo Lopez deal um, in the last episode, but pitcher injuries are so common. Um, You never know when the arm is going to give out or when a serious injury could strike. And, getting your money now um, just so you can have that certainty going forward. I will never fault the player for doing that. In Springs' case, that's certainly the case. Um, but that's just a really unfortunate injury for Tampa because he was somebody that they had big, big hopes for, big plans for, and now he's gone for the year. Yeah, and if you are a guy, I mean, Springs was traded there, but if you are a pitcher who is looking for – an opportunity to rebuild yourself on a low salary. Uh, it, it makes pretty obvious sense to find your way to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, of course, they have to want you to. So it's not like you always get to dictate your fate there. But if the Rays show any interest in you, even if the number is a little lower than you want, you could be you could be Jeffrey Springs. Clearly, they see something in you. Um, yeah, and actually on that point, Adam, is like I've talked to agents, I've talked to players about this. It's like if if you're going to the Rays, you're very likely going to have a career year and the, the players and the agents have agreed about it. And it's just, it's something in their player development. It's something in how they, they coach players there. It just brings up the best. And who would have thought it would be a team as small market as the Rays. Um, it's just, it's really impressive. Players notice it. It's like Jason Adam, when he signed there, he was a, basically a journeyman reliever at that point. He had always had shown talent with uh, like the blue Jays and the Cubs, but like never really put it together. He goes to the Rays and he has the best season of his career and he's pitching for team USA like a year later. It's uh, it's really impressive. And that's why I'm so confident in the Rays' ability to, to overcome the Jeffrey Springs injury, even as unfortunate as it may be. Not for nothing, we got one of the most hilarious examples ever of the Rays rejuvenating a guy last year, too, when Corey Kluber goes from the Yankees, meh, to Tampa. You know, not fantastic, but you're looking at the quality starts. They're piling up. The numbers are the best they've been in years. Goes to the Red Sox, and he looks triply washed this year. I mean, no one has ever had that big a fall off between, like, age 35 and 36 
Um, so, I mean, that's just a, a, a beyond obvious one of, I don't know how the Red Sox got duped uh, by uh, by the Rays machine again, but clearly they bought into whatever development Corey Kluber did down there and he, he could not recapture it so far to start the season. No, I mean, what was it? Was it yesterday that his start just went? Yeah, yeah. Joey Gallo took him 440 feet into the Fenway bullpen, seven earned in under four innings. Par for the course. I think he's got an ERA in the mid-eights now. Other than that, he's, it's going great. <laughs> he's, he's retired a couple batters. I mean, sometimes batters swing and miss. It's yeah, hey, it's more guys than I've gotten out, but still unbelievable what the Rays have been able to do. Holy smokes. It just That's the latest proof on what is like a really – like extensive list of players that they've just gotten the most out of and moving from the team where the Zach F1 deal is considered, you know, a, a, a giant contract that none of us could have fathomed to the team that gives those out pretty regularly, but seems to swing and miss on more pitching blockbusters than most. The Yankees got more bad news on Carlos Rodon, who uh, is going for additional tests on his stiff back already went through one round of tests. Aaron Boone called them pretty normal. Not sure what that means. He also called it a nuisance, but he's going out for uh, another CT scan. Um, people seem to continue to be calling this a minor issue, but minor, major, what have you. He's still behind, and he's further behind than he was a couple weeks ago. The elbow is fine. The back now is not. Will Rodon be worth the wait in 2023? I think so. Um but this comes with a disclaimer is like, thankfully for him, the elbow is okay. I mean, like, as you said, it's fine, but back injuries are really tricky. Um, they can linger. They can be re-aggravated with just a slight little like bad move. Um, it's something that the Yankees and Rodon are going to have to be really mindful of. And you, for them, they cannot rush his return back. Um, that could just lead to a setback and that would not be good for either side. Um, but I think ultimately when he does return, he'll show exactly why they gave him that amount of money this offseason. Like he's a really talented pitcher. Like he's a one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball. Um, but injuries have always been uh, a big concern with him. And the fact that he's dealing with injuries now, not great. As we said before, thankfully it's not the elbow. But anytime you hear of a back injury, especially for a pitcher, that's a little worrisome. If there's one thing I know about the Yankees, and I know at least three things about the Yankees, it's that they will not rush him back at the very least. They don't regularly do that, um, except for Josh Donaldson this week, who they told us was fine. It was going to do a one game rehab stint. And you watch him do that one game rehab stint. You're like, he can't run. And after the game, they're like, yeah, his leg hurts. Oh, thanks. Um, but I have I have full faith that they're going to wait road on out. It is painful. It was the most exciting addition of the offseason, but. We, we move forward. We we uh, we proceed. And and uh, in proceeding along our tour to AL East, speaking of recovery, got to mention Chris Sale, who had the worst command ever in his first three starts and found it against the Minnesota Twins on Tuesday. Six innings, one run, 11 strikeouts against a good offense. Even with the command issues, of which there have been many, he has struck out 30 men in 18 innings. You can't trust him. I can't trust him but were we too soon to write him off there's something in that left arm there is something but can it reveal itself on a consistent basis that much i don't know what we saw the other day that's very encouraging the fact he's got 30 strikeouts and so little innings pitch this season a really good sign um but i am not close to ready to say that 
like Chris Sale has turned a corner. Uh, what we've seen in this last start, very encouraging, but um, the injury history, um, he's still got an eight ERA. Um, so he's, I mean, certainly that's way up there. Um, I still have way too many questions uh, before I can definitively answer that, but good sign. But man, that Red Sox rotation, they are in some serious doo-doo. Um, boy, that's another technical term that I'm bringing out in the podcast here is doo-doo. Um, teed yeah. up, teed yeah. up, too dirty. Oh boy, that's uh, am I gonna get suspended like Draymond Green? Yeah, I mean, that that's a verbal stomp, like that's basically the verbal equivalent of stomping on a man's chest. All right, well, I, I won't stomp on your chest though, Adam. I like you too much to do that. Yeah, that's uh, maybe Carm. Uh, no, just kidding, I love you, Carm, of course. Um, but no, it's uh, that division is stacked, but man, oh man, it's uh. The, the, I think the Red Sox are in for a, a free fall here. That's that's my guess. I could be wrong. This could be another old takes exposed moment. Um, but I, I'm just not high on the Red Sox at all. They are super fucking weird. Um, that's my objective opinion. They they have they've won three games this year on a dropped fly ball to left and two catchers interferences in the bottom of the eighth inning, and then two days later, one catcher's interference in the bottom of the eighth inning. Um, so they're definitely skin of their teeth 500 but at the same time they're beating the garbage out of the twins today they're up like 10-3 and tanner hauk uh slammed the lid shut on the twins and put them in a garbage can so while uh while Corey kluber and chris sale uh, are sitting in the sitting in the eights shaking hands in the eight era club um the red sox can occasionally hit and uh yeah i don't i don't think they're very good either but uh they they sometimes pull, pull a rabbit out of the hat Sometimes they do. And it's like, it, 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 sometimes it gives you hopes and like wonder maybe they could actually pull this thing off or maybe they could actually be like a, a middle of the road team in the AL East. I'm still not optimistic about it, but Hey, today um, is another reason. Well, one of those reasons why maybe you can give some hope to them. Um, but yeah. by the way, Bobo, dang it. I think that's how you pronounce your name. Uh, the pirates did own the Red Sox when they played them. That, that we can't take that away from you. The Pirates are kind of owning everybody. They're they're still the, their baseball's vibiest team. We've said it all year. We'll say it again. Andrew McCutcheon, um, like, does it get vibier than that? It doesn't really. No. Oh, absolutely not. Like that that entire team is just filled with vibes. I thought maybe the Brian Reynolds stuff could like derail it a bit, um, but no, it just continued to just go 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 go. By the way, I know Adam's got this teed up for later on in the podcast. We still got no Brian Reynolds update. We don't know what the hell is going on. Um, I've wondered if they could get creative with this, like since they can't agree on the the uh, the opt or, yeah the yeah the opt out clause. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they could include maybe a no trade. Maybe they could give more money um, to just make up for that difference. I can't say I've heard anything definitive there, but. Um, that is one of the most bizarre ones that I can remember is the sides essentially agreed to terms, but they couldn't agree on some key things like a, um, an opt-out clause. And here we are two to three weeks later and we still got no deal, which mind boggling. Yeah. I have a Brian Reynolds update in the outline every single episode. It just, it's a blank space. It's like, Hey, let's talk about it. Oh, we have nothing. Great. Let's move on. Today's Brian Reynolds update is, colon what the fuck man just that legitimately is i opened up our uh our little google doc here earlier today and i saw adams have that note in there i, I laughed at that that's like 
it's my that's my response too is like what in the absolute hell um nuts i mean they're having they're having the best time and brian reynolds still not taken care of so i guess we shall see wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did you do it i got a huge assist from grammarly an ai writing partner that helped me make my point and it works everywhere i write summarizing a doc only took one click when everyone uses grammarly everything just makes sense Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. In the NL Central, somebody else got paid. Uh, Hunter Green, uh, and we can't talk about the Hunter Green contract without talking about the stat you tweeted about the the last person to get paid with these few (laughs) innings and and this ERA and this range. Um, but it's it's six years and fifty three million dollars with an option for a seventh, as, as far as I know, which yep. seems like incredible value for a second overall pick. The fastball was supposed to be this one oh three mile an hour marvel. It is so far Add in Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft. And there's a path for the Reds if their owners feel like being alive and being alive on planet Earth. That said, the stat that you dropped, it does make even the most ardent supporter of this deal be like. That's not great company. No, it's not. And um, this was not exactly a, a trade or a, a, an extension that was on my bingo card. I did not see the green extension coming, but it certainly makes sense. Um, he is still two years pre-arb. So this contract, like I'm going to give you the, the breakdown here, basically. Mm-hmm. He's got two pre-arb, de- or, uh, pre-arb seasons. And then for three years, he's basically going to be paid like he's at the top of the arbitration system. Um, roughly 28 million on, um, one free agent year, and then a $21 million club option with heavy escalators. It's basically like, um, the Spencer Strider deal. It's the same kind of idea as that, except the difference between these two is that green's deal includes a lot of incentives and a lot of escalators that can end up getting the deal to about 96.2 million. Um, if all those are picked up, of course. Um, and an important detail on this too, is that he is still let's say he plays out this contract, becomes a free agent. He'll be 29 years old when that happens. That would be the same age as Steven Strasburg when he became a free agent. So he's still going to end up being in a position where he could get really paid if he lives up to all the hype that he had when he was drafted and when he made his major league debut. Um, it's a deal that made sense for the Reds, made sense for Hunter Green, um, and they ultimately ended up doing it. I don't necessarily know if the Reds are done. Um, I believe the Reds have had discussions. I don't know to what degree with Nick Lodolo. Um, I don't know if anything is active there. Um, I've heard varying signals there, but um, I think they've poked around with Lodolo for sure. The Lodolo highlight package is an impressive one. He got somebody to swing and miss at a pitch that ended up behind his body again this week, um, which like, hey, if you've done that more than once, clearly you have a slider worth paying for. Um, but as you said, the previous record deal for starter who's not ARB eligible and had a career error over 4.25 was Derek Holland's $28.5 million. Um, I wouldn't want to be a member of a club that also includes Derek Holland as delightful as he was, I also wouldn't really, you know, it's it's not even the same club because he beat him by 
40 to 70 million dollars so yeah. uh it's almost like water. yeah it's like being mentioned alongside Derek Holland but also it's like hey we know the similarity in your numbers and we're going to pay you an additional uh massive pile of millions so here's hoping it works out and again green can still get another payday on top of this if he does live up to the billing yeah absolutely and like we've seen some of these free agent deals now that can be anywhere from like 150 to 175 to i think even approaching 200 mil uh for these frontline starters we don't know what that's going to be uh when green is 29 and a free agent so we could be looking at a guy who could earn as much as like 250 300 mil over his career which all said and done would not suck uh that would be pretty good um so i think it was a smart deal as i said i don't know if the reds are necessarily done i don't think anything is imminent though with lodolo um i also i do think there are other extension talks happening throughout the league um actually i do know that um i can't say necessarily which ones but it's it's very interesting how many in-season extensions are bad because typically teams and players um like to table these talks at opening day just so there's no distraction going into the season but we've seen a lot of these deals get done um i just i don't know if there's well i think reynolds gets done at some point but i I think we could see some others as well yeah i was gonna say wait people are doing in-season extension talks said brian reynolds (laughs) like but uh we'll we'll see I will give you a hint, though, obviously, Bernard, since you're you've always been a big fan of us. Uh, mm-hmm. He plays baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. That is my clue. So mm-hmm. that, uh, uh, maybe that, that could be too big of a hint. Um, yeah, sorry, I got to be that guy. I was always told to keep it quiet, but I like I like giving hints whenever I can. Yeah. And when the news drops, though, you know, you know where we'll be. We'll be right here. Three uh, thirty Eastern Mondays <laughs> and Thursdays. And if it's a drop everything. And we'll drop everything. That's what we do for all of y'all. Um, it ain't, ain't a drop everything, though. I'll give you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, I'll drop nothing, and then we'll come back here at a regularly scheduled time and talk about it. That could also work. Absolutely. Um, before we leave, today's the day. Fernando Tatis Jr. is back. What can we expect? I don't know. How about a minor league rehab assignment where he hit 515 with seven homers and 33 at-bats? The Padres need Fernando Tatis Jr. It's quite possible we're not just about to get him back, but maybe the best version of Tatis Jr. yet. What are you expecting uh, from the return of a man who was the face of baseball a year ago? It was not that long ago. No, I. you said it best. The Padres need Fernando Tatis Jr. He is the most exciting player in the National League, I feel like. I feel like that's a pretty safe thing to say. And getting him back, getting him wherever they put him defensively, but especially offensively, is going to be big for that team. It's essentially like it's a a similar thing to a big trade deadline addition, except this one's coming three to four weeks into the regular season. We're talking about a guy who could very likely be or who's got the ability to be the best shortstop in baseball. Um, I still think it's Trey Turner right now, but uh, Tatis certainly has that ability. And getting him back going to be big for that club uh both on the field and in the clubhouse because i considering their slow start they can certainly use a, a kick in the keister um and tatis is a going to be a big um it's going to be a big energy boost for that team and i think with him back i think we're going to slowly see that padres team looking like what we thought they were going to be going into the season here 
Yeah, Juan Soto went yard yesterday, displayed that attitude, a tight victory over the Braves. Um, he's scuffling, but he needs to, he needs to be back. You're right. Obviously, Burner, not under contract yet. Uh, the money needs to, you know, Juan Soto wants that money. Juan Soto's got to be Juan Soto. And Fernando Tatis Jr.'s return hopefully helps him in that process. Um, yeah. And also, I, I want to say this too before we close out, Mr. Winder, if you don't mind. Yes. Of course. Is I wonder because Juan Soto had that big extension that he turned down years ago. What was it? 440 mil? Or it was I, last year at the All Star game, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when that leaked. Um, obviously, he voiced his displeasure to Stephanie Epstein about um, how that was leaked. And he blames that on the Nationals front office, even though the Nationals are adamant that they weren't the ones who leaked it. But I wonder if Juan Soto wishes he had that decision back because 440 mil that's a lot of dough that is a lot of dough and i would imagine with him turning down that offer he and his agent scott boris believe that he could get 500 mil on the open market if not more than that but it's 50 like 50 to 60 plus million per or like over that span of a contract that's nothing to really um scoff at like that's a, a meaningful amount of money but $440 million, that is a massive amount of money. Um, if that was indeed what the actual offer was, um, I, I do wonder if he's regretting turning it down. Because his, his play since he was traded to San Diego has been not what we've typically seen from Juan Soto. And you know they would have been willing to build a World Series team around him in Washington Yep. Because they did. So it's not, there's no unknown there. It's like he was signing on for familiarity. He was signing on to lead the next generation. And now here we are, sort of one of many stars in San Diego and the one who's looking the least impactful. Yeah, which I'll tell you, I would have never expected Juan Soto to struggle like this. He'll, he'll bounce back eventually. Like he's too good of a player to be down this long. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just – and also, you look back at those those Washington Nationals teams. They were loaded. Um, I mean, pitching-wise, they had Max Scherzer. They had Steven Strasburg when Strasburg was healthy, of course. Offensively, they had Bryce Harper and up-and-coming Juan Soto. They had Trey Turner. They had Anthony Rendon, who was in his prime. They were loaded. Um, man, oh, man. It's, it's one of baseball's most underrated teams, I think, because that, that – Boy, that was like half of an all-star team is what that was. was and an incredible World Series performance. Like, best. Yeah. I'll never forget that, too. Like, that was um, the last game I ever covered when I was at The Athletic is Brewers Nationals um, in the wild card game is um, the, the Nationals were down in the bottom of the eighth inning. It was Josh Hader against Juan Soto with the bases loaded. And the Brewers had the lead. They were basically four outs away from closing out the Nationals and advancing. Then Juan Soto hits that ball the right field. It goes, it takes a weird hop past Trent Grisham. And three runs score. Nationals had the lead. Nationals close out the, the ninth inning. Brewers lose. Nationals win. Nationals go on to win the World Series. It was it was a, one of the craziest, most bizarre feelings I've ever had at a baseball game. It's like I was preparing to fly to wherever I had to fly. And all of a sudden, boom. Juan Soto happens and I get to go home and yeah, it's it. Uh, whenever I think the nationals I always think of that one. Cause that was just a, a wild turn of events to say the least. 
Yeah, and looky, looky here, Juan Soto and Trent Grisham, current teammates. Maybe that's what's throwing them off. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. It could be. Although I will say I do. I'm a big Trent Grisham fan. That uh, he handled that entire thing with complete class. Um, should I go into the? Can I go into that real quick? Absolutely. Wow, what a what an absolute G. Um, so <laughs> I I remember I was the first reporter who was into the Brewers locker room after that game, um, and I walked in. And Grisham was at his locker, his hands in his, or his head was in his hands, bawling his eyes out because he, he felt like he was he cost his team the game, um, and ultimately the, their postseason chances. Mike Mustakas was consoling him. There were other players who were doing the same thing, and Grisham stood in front of the lights and answered every question. He took full accountability for it, um, and that's always stood out to me. I know it stood out to a lot of the Brewers players and. Um, he handled that really well. And I don't know how many players would have done that same thing, especially since he was a rookie that year. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely one that opened my eyes and made me respect and appreciate Trent Gresham, uh, for the man and player that he is. Yeah. And most of us out here sort of sitting on our couches, we're feeling terrible. Um, and I'm sure he was feeling terrible too. And that's, Every great sports moment typically has a goat. Sometimes, look, sometimes every everybody executes perfectly and a better player just delivers, but sometimes somebody has to fail for somebody else yeah. to succeed. And this was definitely an instance where somebody's failure propelled a World Series run. And, and the, the Washington Nationals will never forget it. Grisham will never forget it. But to his credit, I think we've all moved on because of the way he treated people like you. Bingo. I would. I think what you just said is is spot on, and I mean I can say that about most things that you say. So that's me, me being nice to you for once and actually giving you a compliment. So good work, my guy. Hey, I'll take it. Uh, you're the goat. No, it does not get better. I'm proud to host this show with you, and this is another successful episode in the books. I hope you joined us. It was Thursday at three thirty, just like we said, Eastern time. Every time time difference changes, but. Uh, Eastern Time, 3.30, every Monday and Thursday. Audio feed updated after the show airs originally on YouTube, on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. I'm excited for baseball. The countdown to summer starts now. As the Baltimore Orioles tweet that just crossed my feed says, and it alerted me that the Birdland Summer Music Series features on June 30th a concert from Shaq. So if you're in the area, get your tickets. Go see Shaq at Camden Yards on June 30th. Um, until next time, Robert Murray, we are so close. The season's heating up. The weather's heating up. Does not feel like April 20th to me. And it was a pleasure as always to do this show with you. Hey, it's always a pleasure with you for doing the show with you. Um, and I will also give you one last little detail here. Uh, obviously a burner talking about Josh Tolentino. A, I don't know if this has made Twitter yet, but a little birdie has told me that he had a, like a basketball shooting competition uh, with Philadelphia Eagles coach Nick Sirianni today, um, which that's kind of sick. I'm not going to lie. That's, he's living my dream. He's an Eagles beat writer now, so he's around um, the birds a lot. But shout out to Josh. Great dude. Uh, got to work with him for a little bit at the Athletic. Like, good friend right there. So, um, yeah, oh, oh, both of those guys could, could be one, three, you know, that guy – um, absolutely. I, I saw one a couple weeks ago and I asked him how his jumper is doing and he looked at me, just gave me that stare and he just said, it's, it's filthy. And it's like, uh, I still haven't seen this jump shot. Apparently it actually is good. I, I like, I'll give Juan all credit there, but, um, I like to tease him at least he's, he's, he's somebody I like to tease a little bit.
Well, uh, there's still plenty of season left. I think we'll probably see Toribio's jumper by the end of it. But until then, we thank everybody for coming back with us every week. Robert and I will be right back here on Monday, and we'll see you then. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.